Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 90 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander, and as always, I am joined by my two handsome debonair co-hosts, Dave Glanz and Mike Morandi. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello gentlemen. gentlemen. And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic context. Uh, you can find us on the web at reviewedpodcast.com, facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and you can email us at, did I already say that? Email us at contact That's at reviewpodcast.com. There's a lot of reviewedpodcast.com. It's it's hard to remember. Uh, it's been a very long time since you're hearing my dulcet tones. And uh, <laughs> it, it's been a series of mishaps. It's been a series of life events. Childbirths. Uh, we actually recorded episode 89. It's a missing episode. Uh, we recorded it uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, we recorded Ace Ventura. A um, gremlin. And a gremlin uh, got into our computer. That's right. And uh, I only ended up recording 18 minutes of the podcast, but Mike has his entire recording. So if you just want to hear Mike talking to nobody, <laughs> I can release that audio. Um, it, it is saved. It, it, would, uh, be, it would be for a price. I'm, I'm just going to give that to the internet. <laughs> I just uh, we get, we get that that could be a new podcast it would idea. Kind of be like Ace Ventura, where Jim Carrey's just talking to nobody. <laughs> Pretty much, but Mike is you know like the whole uh, that should be a podcast where someone's just talking to themselves like an insane person. You know that's basically. <laughs> what do you mean like uh, an insane person? I am very much an insane person. Thank you very much. That's true. Um, but I mean, real quick, round robin, just in case people are gonna never gonna hear that episode. Um, what were our thoughts on uh, Ace Ventura? I thought it was a fascinating cultural artifact that discussed gay panic in the. 90s. Dave hated it, and uh, Mike was, kind of, I guess, lukewarm on it, but mostly hated it as well. So, yeah. um, but but didn't necessarily yeah. think it was gay panic. Sucks. <laughs> it doesn't hold up. Sorry, people. Uh, but you know, there you go. Um, you know, you know, it's funny. I actually, I watched like the first 10 minutes of that um, documentary on Netflix the yeah. other day, and. God damn, is Jim Carrey insane? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good documentary. It's called uh, Jim and Andy. Is that right? About Man on the Moon. Yeah, yeah. And right. Mike, have you seen any clips of that? I saw the clip. Yeah, the trailer Dave sent out. Um, oh, yeah. Hmm. Like, there is just, they show this behind the scene footage, and you just feel so bad for everyone involved with that set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, method actors in general, you just, <laughs> especially when it's like Andy Kaufman, you know. <laughs> You're playing. You're you're staying in character as a guy who uh, is trolling everybody <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And, well, that just can't be a fun experience for, like you know, a, a key grip or <laughs> anyway. Really anyone. Ba- anyone. Back on track. As Dave so beautifully tried to segue earlier when he mentioned the Gremlins comment, we are in time for Christmas. Going to be talking about the 1984 film Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Yeah, Mom, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're gonna like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift (laughs) he ever got. What is it? It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. 
Because when they do, they change. They become clever. Mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. Directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. I, I really hope the trailer had uh, that uh, the Darlene Love song that plays. I don't think it does. Uh, like the trailer. See, the problem with all 80s and 90s trailers is it's all Don Le, What's the guy's Don name? Don LaFontaine. Don LaFontaine's voiceover. Uh. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. No, seriously, it's amazing how the art form of trailers has changed so radically yes. from like the 80s. Oh, it's, um, but uh, it's different. Yeah, this movie uh, came out in 84, uh, as I said, directed by Joe Dante, written by Chris Columbus. Mm-hmm. I guess this is one of the earlier movies that he Not wrote. Not the man who discovered America. <laughs> it was a manuscript found on the, uh, the Quote, Nina. Quote, discovered, yes. Uh, that uh, he wrote. Um, the guy it, who made Home Alone. That's him. Uh, produced by Steven Spielberg. Uh, this movie spawned a sequel. Um, it's a bit of a... I guess Gremlins like a, 2, The New Batch. Which I um, have not seen. I saw that in theaters, actually. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so, um, not bad. Mike, uh, I like when you do this. What is the plot synopsis of Gremlins? Uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> a struggling inventor picks up a mysterious Christmas gift for his son, which turns out to be a mogwai, a creature that has strange supernatural powers and ends up spawning a near Armageddon on some small, <laughs> unassuming town in time for Christmas. Man, you're you're quite good. you're really good at this. This is like your gift. <laughs> like you're you missed a calling. <laughs> near Armageddon. <laughs> no, I mean it, it fits. Man, uh, that, that would be the best. Kind allow of me to insert the word zany. A zany zany near Armageddon. How about that? There you go. Um, so that's the basic uh, premise of the movie. Before we get into our individual opinions and our kind of um, you know relationship to the movie, I, I I have a question, and I'm not. I don't know if I know the answer. I, I just want to know what you guys think. Is Gremlins, like Home Alone is, even though it's not like a great movie, Home Alone is considered like a classic Christmas movie. Is is Gremlins in that type of canon? Like is Gremlins a Christmas movie that people like watch every year? I don't know because it didn't come out during Christmas. <laughs> it came out in June. What? It came out in June. It came out the same weekend as Ghostbusters actually. Oh, that's a that's an interesting is, combination. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to say. I mean, it feels... Watching it now, it, it, it has uh, a little bit of that Chris, Christmas comfort feel, obviously, because it's snowing and there's Christmas music playing. Well, I guess, I guess Christmas lights and I guess my question a lot of toys. I guess my question kind of goes into this fact: like, do you like anecdotally? There's no evidence for this, but is is Gremlins like culturally relevant? Is it something that like people still talk about and revisit in a way, or is it kind know. of been lost to time? I mean, like, we're doing like, a podcast kn- about it, so I would, I would imagine <laughs> well, I mean, at least a little bit. Well, I mean, what we do right? is meaningless in the grander scheme of things. I mean, Mike, <laughs> were you familiar with this movie prior to watching Is this your first time or no? Uh, yeah, first time seeing it, yeah. Um, I remember when it came out, it was it was huge. Like, I remember not seeing it 
Um, and good thing I hadn't. I think it would have scared the living bejesus out of me. Weren't you not alive when well, it came were you, out? Were you like two years old? Like <laughs> like when did year it come old. out? What, what year was it? 84. 1984. 84, yeah, I was like one year old, so I guess it didn't. Re- <laughs> but I, get, I, I don't know, because I was. I remember going through an old Nintendo Power magazine, and I guess the Gremlins video game had come out probably with the second movie. Um, okay, that makes sense. Which makes sense, because I think uh, Gizmo has a more active role, I guess, in the second one. Because I remember seeing pictures of him with like a, a suction cup bow and arrow and stuff and all kinds of stuff like that so <laughs> I guess he has more of an expanded role when they got the tech a little bit better and they developed the story more but um, no I, I hadn't seen it um, but it always appealed to me as a kid and actually when Dave suggested it I was like ooh yeah get in some gremlin action here yeah uh, so um, I had never seen this before either um, I've only known about it like as a thing like that exists but I've never actually seen it and I think the reason is because of when it came out I mean I was born in 85 the movie comes out in 84 <laughs> and, and I'm the, the, the weird thing about Gremlins is that it's like I don't know who the target Dude, audience th- thank for you. is thank you yes <laughs> uh, but I, I don't want to get too far ahead and that Dave since you were like 30 when it came out <laughs> like did you enjoy it when you took your first son to see it in the movie theater uh, <laughs> right. uh you know i don't know where to go with that um my memory of this movie it's it's one of many movies that was on hbo and you know i would see my parents watching it and i would, you know and I, it would stick in my head so i'd eventually go back and rewatch it later I have no idea when I saw this all the way through, or if I actually ever did see it all the way through. Oh, interesting. Now. Okay. I mean, I don't remember actually. So you're not like this. A, this isn't like a nostalgic movie for you. Not so much. Not okay. so much. But I mean, you know, I've always kind of liked Gremlins, so it wasn't like, you know, when when we talked about what should we watch next, and this was this came up, I'd be like, that could be an interesting thing. I mean, I you know, I I generally know how I feel about it, and and it didn't really surprise me in any way. I didn't think, wow, this is actually quite genius and subversive. I think what we were talking about was originally watching Inner Space, which is a movie that that was kind of a Ooh, nostalgic yeah. thing for me, and that was directed by Joe Dante and had a lot of the same kind of subversive humor that this has, but you know, in a more slap. Well, this is pretty slapsticky, actually, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but uh, you know, a very different story, very different uh, you know group of people, and uh, so. I don't know. Should we just segue into our, our feelings? Yeah, I mean, I mean, what, what did you? Uh, what is your? What is your takeaway from Gremlins? Like my takeaway is, it's like I think it would depend on the time of year watching it. I, I think I, I I would probably enjoy watching it more this time of year than I would say in the summer. Uh, it's it, it has a little bit of a, of a comfort food feeling for me just because it it uh, invokes so many '80s nostalgic feelings. Watching it, just the, the look of it, the uh, the merchandising, you know, it, I, I can tell it's not that great of a movie but at the same time I can tell that there's a lot of clever ideas that are being employed um, and uh, you know I, I, I appreciate it's a movie I appreciate and kind of enjoy I don't think it's a great movie it's an okay movie it's maybe a good movie <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of working my feelings out about this it's certainly no masterpiece let's put it that way okay there you go um, so Mike are you uh, is Gremlins something that you're sad that you did not watch repeatedly as a kid or um like what are your what is your takeaway after watching it? Yikes! Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm kind of glad I, I never never caught it because, dude, I, I I don't. My biggest issue is I don't know who this is for. Like I'm watching it, and okay, it's a cute movie for kids about a little furry animal, and then his like monster buddies that they come. But then it gets like really grotesque and really people are dying, <laughs> things are exploding in a microwave, and I'm like, as a kid, it would have scared the hell out of me. So I'm like, I, I'm glad I didn't see it as a kid because it would have I, I would have been haunted for the rest of my life. But yet, I feel like I needed to see it as a kid because as an adult, it it does not work for me. Um, mm. 
it's just hokey. I, to be honest, I think at the, the, at the point when they show up dressed up as carol, carolers, that's how the old woman's house, like, <laughs> I had checked so far out at that point. Uh, and then it just got more and more off the rails where so they start dressing up and going to a movie theater. And I'm like, what are these things? Like, what? What, what are they doing? Are they monsters? Are they people? Like, what? Like, it's a very unique voice. I'll give it that. Um, but I, I just, like, I think it just lost me more and more as the movie went on. I think the beginning starts out real interesting. But, uh, man, I don't know. Like, I'd be curious to see, like, kids that watched this back when it was out, did it scar them as well? Like, did it? Did they not mind it because it was so cartoony? Like, Well, I mean, the movie was successful, right, Dave? Like, it did yeah. well at the box oh, yeah. office. Yeah. The thing, my, my, re, um, my belief is the reason it did well is that there are just not as many options to watch stuff back in the <laughs> 80s. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I have no... Here's it, made like a, it made $148 million. No, it made, it made a lot of money, and it made yeah. enough to spawn the sequel. Obviously, yeah. people game. liked it uh, enough. And I, I do, you know, to answer my earlier question, I do feel like Gremlins is a movie that exists in this kind of canon of, like nostalgic movies that people remember fondly. Right. The thing is, it's interesting doing like this. Like Home Alone, for instance. Like, like Home Alone. See, the, it, it is very interesting. Like, this podcast, in a lot of ways, is talking about what nostalgia is and how it can influence the way you view things, right? And I can objectively go back and look at a movie like Home Alone and be like, yeah, objectively, that movie's not great. Mm-hmm. It's not great. But... I really like the movie because I have a lot of nostalgic memories watching it on repeat as a nine-year-old, you know? Right. Uh, it brings wh- you back like a song. Exactly. But this movie, I have none of that attachment with. So I'm just watching it as a 32-year-old man being like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and like, not only what is it, I, 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 like Mike said, I have no idea who this was for uh, because it's, it's too silly to be for adults. It's too scary to be for kids. In fact, this is one of the movies that helped spawned the PG-13 rating system because it's rated PG. And uh, shortly after this, I believe we have Temple of Doom that comes out um, that was also rated PG. And these are like the movies that cause people to freak out, being like, maybe we need to have a middle ground between parental guidance and R uh, because uh, it's too big of a jump. Um, So I was kind of weirded out by the tone. But I guess my bigger question is, I don't know... If someone handed me this script to make as a filmmaker, um, like, like, let's play this game, I don't understand what the there there is. Like, what is the, what about this story like, needs to be told? Like, what is exciting right. about right, this right. story? And, like, as it, was, as it was happening, like, it's just like a series of events, and I don't feel like any of it feels, like, surprising or, like... Well, like, I would say they're, they're playing off a little, they're, they're, capitalizing a little bit on the success of movies like E.T., for instance, where you have like a, you know, in this case, it's a teenager and but a like E.T. Cute is little, cute little creature. Like it has, yes, it has, no, it has no, a soul no, to I'm, it. This is yes, like, this is like I, a two hour long <laughs> fart joke. You no, know, <laughs> I would definitely not. That would, that would describe Ace Ventura. This is more, uh, but there are good bits in Ace Ventura. Yeah. Is there a good bit in Gremlins? Like, uh, is there a really funny? I would bit? say there's. I would say there's better bits in this movie than Ace Ventura okay, well, what, for what, sure. Well, that's a good question. What is your favorite Gremlins bit? What What made you What made you guffaw, Dave? What made me guffaw? Nothing made me guffaw. Nothing but, but the stuff. But, but the stuff that I enjoyed watching, or for instance, which I would you know, and for me, it's it's again, I didn't. I don't love this movie either. But, uh, but from now a you're going to have to defend it. But I know. It's like, I, I'm, obviously the, I'm obviously going to be the one defending it the most, even though I, you know, whatever. Um, the idea that uh, the rules that the movie mostly, I, th- I think, 
plays by the idea that you have this creature that you can't feed after midnight, that you can't get wet, that you. Um, but the rules are arbitrary. Like the movie just very, yes. the movie just makes up arbitrary right. rules. But, uh, but I do agree. Which with is you. a at very least fantastical it, kind at of least thing. It's, I'm okay with that because I'm of the the uh, the opinion that as long as your movie establishes rules and follows it, I don't really care what the stupid rules think, are. I think it does for the but, most part. Yeah. yeah I, right? I yeah, mean, I think it, so. You mean it's it has this big it has a really nice uh, setup and payoff at the end where you have uh, you know it gets wet and you see it multiplying these little cute free balls and then it, as it becomes darker and supposedly more suspenseful if 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 that's your response when uh, stripe the one you know the, the the big bad falls into the pool and then it starts bubbling up. I mean, I can imagine an audience in 1984 going, whoa, and like you know the, the reaction. You're talking about the middle like, of the movie when he multiplies into like all the gremlins. Well. I think um, this is closer to the end when he jumps in a in a pool and then it's just like all this '80s fog starts. Right, right, okay. Yeah, that's and, not, you know, it's like I, we're yeah, near the end. About, I'd say the middle. Like, yeah, that's not the end. End right before we. So conceptually, I think there's an interesting idea there where you have this creature that multiplies and get more and more dangerous, and you know it, it starts to feel. Um, you you can you can really sense the fun that the film that the people making it were having. I mean, the the, the idea of all the mischievous things that these gremlins could do. Um, well, I guess I understand. I feel like you can really, uh, like you really get the sense of fun from the movie that you don't, for me at least, from, get from something like Ace Ventura, where it feels like it, that feels to me like a very cynical movie. This feels like, you know, a very dark movie, but also, uh, you know, clearly the filmmakers and the people making this movie really love the horror genre and, um, you know, and the the kinds of things. I mean, they, you know, satire or whatever. This movie's so like a mishmash of lots of different. So you're saying it genres. almost works on a satirical level, satirizing like the Blob or I, other monster right, kind of right. movies, right? Or It's a Wonderful Life, or Wizard of Oz, or I mean, it's it's a movie with movies on its mind for sure, right? Yeah. I mean, it ends in a movie theater. Oh, for, that's true. That is know, very true, and they're entertained <laughs> where by they're watched by Snow White instead of doors. I mean, it's that's it's, interesting. You know, so there's I, I think there's a lot of interesting ideas in this movie uh, when it comes to like the, our relationship to movies in general. Um, and, you know, uh, how, uh, you know, I, I remember in Gremlins 2, this is just another segue, in Gremlins 2, <clears throat> which I saw in the theaters, there's a scene which I think was probably, I don't remember seeing something like that before, but the Gremlins, like, get into the projector of the theater that you're watching, and they, like, rip up the uh, the celluloid, and it starts to burn, and it's just a white screen, and you just see, so the Gremlins themselves interrupt the movie that you're watching. Oh, interesting. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff like meta, meta, meta wall, kind of stuff happening. Breaking in, stuff. In well, the, I, the thing I think is interesting is going back to like what was the sell of this movie? In concept, in, it kind of touches upon this at the very end of the, the, the voiceover by the dad who wraps it up being like, if your car won't start or whatever, it could be a gremlin. Like <laughs> it's like this idea of like the invisible creature. Like the reason something doesn't work is because a gremlin got in it. But it the movie doesn't explore that at all. Like yeah. I, I thought yeah. the movie I, I thought the movie was gonna be about like a bunch of mysterious things are happening in this town, and only the 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 teenage boy believes that it's actually gremlins that are you know, and then he has to. Yeah. But it really it just ends up kind of escalating. Well, Chris Columbus is not really the, the best writer. I, I can imagine him taking story credit, someone else taking the script and actually developing it into something like uh, usable. You know, with the quality level of Ghostbusters, for instance. You know? Well, I, I guess my biggest gripe of the movie is I just felt like there was no reason to keep on watching. Like there was no like no I mean I mean it, yeah. I don't think the movie's bad I don't think the movie's like objectively bad there's nothing that it does that's like oh this is the worst thing like it's not like that kind of bad it's just kind of like yeah but like. 
are they trying to are the Gremlins trying to get something? Are 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 I don't really think our lead characters really in danger. So it, it was it was this weird thing. Well, they're where just I, mischievous for the sake of being. But is that know, interesting? But it's like, not even mischievous. I don't know. It's I mean, maybe mischief, in 1984. Like <laughs> it's a simpler time, man. <laughs> it was a simpler time. But did, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying, Mike? Like, what is the what is the stakes of the? Oh, movie? I agree. Yeah. Like, like what, what are they trying to do? They're just causing mayhem, and everyone just seems to be bumbling into them. Like, did they make did they make the townspeople stupid enough to fall for the most ridiculous things in the world? Yeah, possibly. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, I I don't know. And it's weird. And then you always have like you also have the the, the weird Phoebe Cates like side plot where. Like, oh shit, that got nah. so dark. It got like super the movie, dark. The, I was like, holy shit. The girlfriend. Shit, like, right? What is this? Like, she, her dad was dead in the chimney, and like, <laughs> that, everything so about that. I feel like that <laughs> was something Chris Columbus like thought of or had a dream about. And it was that like, was I an gotta urban write legend the even before. I think that was, was like it? A, I think it was like an urban Is that legend. like the hook outside the car type thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like picking up a hitchhiker or whatever. No, it's just the movie has these weird tonal like That's shifts why she like hates that. Christmas. Yeah, she hates Christmas because her dad broke his neck while being. I mean, just it, it's insane. Like I yeah. don't know who the audience well, of this movie is. It's nuts. Well, we, one thing we should mention up front is that this is the movie that inspired the PG thirteen rating, right? It was that's this. Right, that's what I said. This yeah. and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which came out, I, th- I think, the same year. Mm-hmm. And uh, people say, well, you know, maybe six year olds shouldn't see this movie. <laughs> Put like the gremlin exploding closer, in the microwave. It's closer to R than it is PG thirteen, though. Like it felt very dark, considering. Really? Yeah. I was gonna say there's a lot. I was gonna say that movies today, probably PG thirteen movies today, probably have a lot more. I think it depends uh, on like the you know, way any of the Marvel movies. You know, with all the the you know shooting and shooting killing. and killing and whatever. Well, I guess <laughs> there's something to do with like the the viscera of yes. like gross out the, violence, it's the gore, which is what really. this, this is like gross out violence. Like seeing are you seeing like someone explode in it's a microwave that, or that getting one microwave scene. The bl- which, the blender getting stabbed yeah. a bunch of times with a knife, the dog being hung by the Christmas lights, the dad dying in the chimney, <laughs> the woman dying from the well, gremlins. We don't see I mean, there's a lot of well, stuff the, that goes the on. The woman dying from... Oh, you mean the woman get, who gets thrown out the window like a Looney Tune? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And then her dead body lands... That, you know what? I think that was one sequence where I actually laughed. It's not like her you shooting. see her... If it was a Sam Raimi movie, you might see her, like, head crack on a rock or something. But, you know, you just see her fly out the I did the chuckle a little bit when she flew out. Right. But even, like, that kind of payoff is weak because it, it's weird. Like, I almost wanted the movie to be cheesier and have, like, an, a, a plot and a mission, like... It's a Chris Columbus thing. He likes throwing people out windows. He does. <laughs> he likes like he does, he likes like live action Looney Tunes. That's what he likes. Yeah. But it, it's weird because I don't know. I felt like the the movie needed like a save the rec center plot line, and it doesn't have that. Like it needs oh, like yeah, it never was. <laughs> it, it, Nothing ever like, I thought the movie was going to be about like oh you're fired from your job and that mean old lady you know does and you need to get enough money to get your dad to save the house because he's a bad inventor like I, th- I thought there was going to be some kind of like plot that Gizmo yeah, would end up ha- but it's bad, not yeah. like it doesn't develop to anything it's so bizarre like it's yeah, just it's true the dad's just, bad like, oh, inventions don't do anything they don't come into play at all it's not like they're supposed to work and they fail and everyone dies or they actually do work and it Sa- saves everybody didn't you think like his invention at the very end of the movie was going to save the day or something like he yeah. was going to be the inventor that somehow came up with something yeah, that stopped the gremlins kind of, yeah, yeah. And what is like the for a story that he's telling he's not even in it he's at a conference for yeah. half the, a convention yeah. for half the time yeah like that it just kind of boggled my mind and what um about yeah him as the dad character is so perplexing yeah because not, a lot a, of payoff with not, not only is there no payoff with him whatsoever <laughs> But he's playing a quirky adventure, but he's mm. playing them like the most boring man possible. <laughs> so it's like, like you picture the quirky adventure to be Rick Quirkier. Moranis yeah, and right. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience or Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Right, right, right. But 
this. He's just like a normal dude. <laughs> it, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. It's just he's not um, the quirky guy that's actually making these inventions. It's like he's the guy just trying to sell it. Like it doesn't seem like he's the, he's a crazy enough inventor to do this. Um, like yeah, I, I, he, I don't understand why he's in it like, at all even. Like, and, and <laughs> like why? why like, what's the He way buys of, the gremlin, right? He, well, okay, just the even the set. could buy the gremlin. Like we don't need this guy at that's all. He true. has no agency at all. Like he's well, I, 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 you know, honestly, like again, like I thought this was going to be the kind of movie where the kid would have gone in the woods and stumbled upon the gremlin. Like, um, right. have you guys seen Stranger Things? Too? That would be ET. Yes. Have you seen the second season of Stranger Things? Yeah, Mike? yeah, yep. So, like, I the the Polywog episode. Yes. Is I feel like an homage to Gremlins in a lot of ways. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. The setup of that just makes more sense in the sense that, oh, a kid finds something weird and wants to, like, nurture it. The fact that the dad is the impetus of the plot is so strange because it doesn't pay off in any way and has no point, really. And, and would, then all it does is it gives us this racist character of an Asian man at the start of the movie. <laughs> right. And, and by the He's way, played speak, by an actual of, Asian man. Like, speaking it's of not like, It's not like George Burns plays him or something. <laughs> but, I mean, come on. He's, play, he's playing like No, the, I know, I know. But it, it uh, you know... There are a lot of '80s movies that did that. Big Trouble in Little China, uh, The Golden Child. I don't even think. I'm not excusing that, it. I'm just saying. I don't even think that part is that racist. Like him being doing that like character because a character, whatever. And I don't think he's being made fun of. I think he's actually supposed to be the wise old man of the movie. Which, by the way, that whole scene at the end, like, w- w- so <laughs> he just showed up randomly. He shows it, up it, randomly yeah. and then gives them a lecture. And that's about why you don't there's... play with gremlins. <laughs> And then he, he the le- script is so strange. <laughs> then he lectures them about how, like, our society is destroying the gifts of nature. You're going to tell me those freaking things were gifts of nature? You can't get them wet. Water is in nature everywhere. So, by the way, where do these things come from that they're not reproducing like mad? And, like, I, I, yeah, I get it. Society is corrupt. I agree with that. Sure. Like wait, how, I, I feel like this movie this? plays into a lot of B movie tropes, uh, B movie oh. horror tropes that maybe we aren't actually aware of. And I feel like that kind of ending probably is like the the scientist who comes at the end, like uh, and it was all a dream. We, no, 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 like to teach us a lesson. You like, know? Yeah, like it wanted it wanted to have some kind of profound lesson at the end. And I'm like, first of all, this movie is not in a place where it can lecture me on anything. And secondly, <laughs> it's like your message didn't even didn't even hold up. What the hell was it? There was no message. And it's like, I feel like they're also trying to hint at, are they trying to hint at like globalism in general? The fact that like, oh yeah, all these foreign cars are terrible and, and you know, is, are, are the gremlins supposed to be symbolic of foreign products coming into the US, like cars and stuff? I don't like, know what the symbolism is. And I, again, I'm perplexed by this because I feel like the movie, again, I thought the movie was going to go in. I, basically, I was rewriting the movie in my head. I'm like, I'm, it's surprising that the movie wasn't this. Like, I thought the movie was going to be a referendum on consumerism around Christmas yeah, time for yeah, some reason. Like that. But it's it's not really. Like, the climax takes place in a toy store. But other than that, there's not, like, anything... It's weird. Like, the, I don't know what the movie is trying to say necessarily or how the characters could have done anything different to really prevent. Like, there's no lessons learned here. Like, no. the main character is like, well, I guess I shouldn't have gotten that weird creature wet or accidentally fed it after midnight, even though I thought it wasn't after midnight. Like, <laughs> right, there's no, right. like, 
it's just like it's a series of mishaps. The movie is a series of mishaps with no payoff. So that's kind of my take on it. Anyway. I guess. I mean, I, I mean, like I, guess, the, I guess. I guess the payoff. I guess the payoffs are you're entertained by everything the Gremlins do. And if you're not, and if you're not, just, and if you're not, then it's 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 kind of a waste of time. Like, which, but obviously, people were entertained because it was a like, big hit. Even the, like the tone isn't right. Like, even if they, okay, they they want to be these creepy monsters. Like, I, I was I was somewhat on board when they start hatching out. I think like the the, the crystals that they're in, like the when they're pupating is fantastic like the props there are great and they come out and they're these monsters i'm like all right all right i got it they're like these little like these savage little beasts and then they started donning hats and feather boas and clothes and they're going to the movies and i'm like to hell with right. this it's just stupid I, mean, I don't know the movie uh, I, I guess it's kind of funny but i mean it's, i mean i mean yeah, sure, it's if, funny, you're watch, if you're watching like, if you're watching it it's kind of dumb right, I guess. Exactly. it's uh it's funny in a way that people who think jokes are funny but aren't funny that's how funny like, that's yeah, the kind of funny it is. i don't know about that. I well like i mean the 80s i think you had so much more leeway like studios i think were because ivan i think you had hit the nail on the head there was not a lot of stuff to watch so it wasn't like there was 50 <laughs> movies and you had to pick one. And if your movie was crap and it didn't look good, no one went to go see it. Everyone was seeing these things. I feel like they, Chris Columbus walks in with a script and he's like, "Yeah, hey, it's a movie called Gremlins. It's about consumerism and Christmas and monsters. Ah, hey, sounds great. Let's make it. Like, where, where was the thought? That, like, no one even looked at the script, I don't think. Well, I mean, I, I mean, this is going to sound like a, a like I'm making a joke, but I think there's something to be said about the amount of cocaine that was floating around <laughs> in the 80s in movies. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm being totally no, serious. I think a lot right. of stuff got made. That like, like how, this movie does not. There's no way that Gremlins, the script Gremlins, gets made today, right? Like, there's no, there's no like way that happens because it, there's no like, if you were to get like coverage of the movie, like if someone had to write coverage of like the act structure of the movie, like, and then they go to a movie theater, and then like it, it is so weird that dude. The, the, so, the script here is like the kind of script you would get at a writers conference, and some guys like, yeah, I got the screenplay I'm working on. Why don't you take a look at it? You read it, and you're like, this is all over the place. I, I don't. <laughs> well, and, and the largest problem is our ostensible hero, Billy, is kind of a wet blanket. Like he doesn't do. He's he's like a nothing character. He's like a nothing character, right? Like, mm, yeah, does he, bland. Does he? He he may be the most bland character. Ever. Even his girlfriend's got the pathos of her father dying in a chimney. Like she, he, he's got kind of like nothing really. Yeah. He, uh, he's, you know, he's a, he's a good looking dude. He, he, okay. Here's another thing. Okay. Boggles my mind. <laughs> so you would think that the Mogwai would be a big deal, like a gift because he wasn't allowed to have pets, right? Like I thought that was gonna be the thing. Like he, he found this thing and he had to keep this thing secret because he wasn't allowed to have pets, but he always wanted to have a pet. He has a dog. <laughs> like right. the dog's cool. He Is already cool has dog? a pet. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 there's no like there's no reason for anybody to be doing anything in this movie. Like the way I would s- explain it is st- okay. So um, you, you Trey Parker and Matt Stone of South Park fame kind of have like this famous screenwriting tenet. Like their 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 number one rule of screenwriting is. If something happens, then the reason the next thing happens is because the previous thing happened. So right. yeah. uh, you, you always say and then or because of that or, uh, you know, because it's all built on something. This movie isn't that. It's a series of events that just kind of string out and happen. And, you know, th- and it, I guess that's why it's unsatisfying to me because I kept on trying to figure out, like, what the greater through line was. And I never got there. So it doesn't seem like they really had that on their mind. <laughs> like they, they didn't really have story structure on their mind. They thought, well, what can we, what do we like? You know, 
you know, you like uh, horror movies. I like subversive humor. I like, uh, and you know, cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, uh, the studio executives like uh, movies time. that will make them money and, and market and market and market Burger King and Coke. Because you can sell a toy of Gizmo and, because he's you know, cute. But yeah, mer- right. By the and way, Gizmo can sell some not, toys. not super cute. Kind of creepy. He looks like a weird plastic monkey. I, thought I think he was, he's cute. I remember him uh, being cuter. He's got a Furby-ish look. He looks like Furby. But yeah, he's cute. like there's certain there's this, certain this scenes like pre-Furby. when you don't get too close yeah, to his face, pre-Furby. and he's kind of just like a little bundle of Pre-fab. fur with big ears and eyes, and you can't really see his mouth. Pretty cute. When they zoom in, and he's got that weird like W grin on his face, and he's got the wide <laughs> eyes, and you're like, whoa! I don't I don't want this thing in my house. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the puppet work. I mean for '84, the puppet work's pretty solid. Uh, I would say. No, it's me, and I do, yeah, yeah. And I do think there's something tactile. There's a tactile joy of watching sure. real things on screen. Sure. Um, and this movie feels like it, you know, it was all shot in the soundstage. It feels very set-like. But there's something charming about that. It's like going on a, a dark ride at Disney World. Like sure. you're just kind of going through this world constructed, for this, which is kind of fun. It is kind of like maybe going into a haunted house. You go in and then you come out and you forget. You move on to the next thing. Yeah, it's a haunted house <laughs> of a movie. But it's not scary. It's That's not, the problem. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean... Haunted houses to me aren't you know, <laughs> scary either, but you know it has it has a charm. It's a movie with some charm. You have to admit, I mean, the uh, tactile nature of the puppets and and uh, kind of the goofy, over the top silliness. To me, it's it's still kind of a charming movie to watch. No, and Dave, I, I don't know, have to admit that, and I won't. <laughs> okay, you don't have to admit it. I, I like I like the uh, the. This movie was obviously shot on a uh, soundstage reading. Now I, I, I'm reading that it was shot on the same backlot as Back to the Future. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. It yeah. felt like Back to the Future's right. backlot. Yeah. Yeah. It, and uh, the you know, town constructed. Right. Yeah. Ooh, and, you know, you're just, right. Like just just the images in the movie, I find just something comforting to watch. Just the, like the well, small town, well, the snow, is, the, the Christmas dude, lights. Dude, dude, I think this is lar- I mean, th- going back to nostalgia, this mm-hmm. is. This is nostalgia is a hell of a drug, man, because right. like you're getting you're getting joy out of like the way he the way it looks when he's eating like that peanut right. butter sandwich at night. Like I think spawns like something in your head is like, oh, that's kind of like what I remember growing right. up being like. Right. You he know? has his TV mounted up on a on a like a little rack on the ceiling. And I used to have a TV similar, you know, stacked in a similar way. I mean, you know, so there are things that for me that work in that way but I think there's some universal you know there's things that have worked universally in movies the the small town the Christmas stuff I mean um, it's another know. Corey Feldman movie yeah and, <laughs> Corey it's Feldman. and it's amazing how Corey Feldman how how far he, he went from 1984 to like Stand By Me in 1986 I mean there's a obviously he, he it was right puberty time for uh, well for I mean I think it's interesting with Feldman in the fact that he was just in everything in the 80s yeah you know? and then he was in nothing Lost Boys after uh, 87 88 so and, uh, very interesting to drive. <laughs> yeah he was in a lot of movies in the mid 80s and this is the this is the one I remember him in uh, seeing him at first actually um, kind of can we can we go back to some subversive fan theories about what the movie's actually about mm-hmm. or no what, what are the subversive fan theories? Um, there is uh, a school of thought that the movie is depicting gremlins as black people. Ugh. What? Yeah. Because, like, it's this lily white, perfect, all American town, and then you've got these, the hats they're wearing, they're like jive dancing, talking. Like, it's, they, they, eat, they, <laughs> they eat fried chicken. That's like the magical food. Yeah, that's well, the so food. Well, so do the that white they, people. The white people had in their fridge. 
I know, but like there's, like there's like there's like there's like a scientist, the smartest look, one of everybody. So as I was watching this movie, I felt such a lack of attack. Yeah, I got so yeah. confused by like what the point of it was. I started googling. I'm like, what is Gremlins about? And you start like, there's actually essays written about how it's about racial tension in America. Huh. I don't buy into that. I'm just saying, like, so they're they're like rioting at the end. Is that right? The, uh, it's okay. like it's when when were the L.A. riots? That was after. Shoot. <laughs> Damn it. 91. Well, maybe it oh, that's way after. That's, you're right. That is 91 because O.J. Simpson's It's not like there weren't riots before the L.A. riots. <laughs> no, that's true. I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to find context for like, I just, I want to go into Joe Dante. Is John, Joe Dante still, is he still making movies? Uh, I don't know. I think he's still alive. Let's, let's check. But I want to go into Joe Dante in he's 1983 71. when he gets the script and be like, what about this, like. Obviously, this is going to take a large portion of your life to make this movie. What excites you about it? I don't know, but looking at his filmography, it's it's clear that he's a into f- different fantasy. Uh, he's a genre guy. He so his movies are the first Piranha. Remember Piranha? Okay, the movie which was uh, cash James, in on Jaws. Didn't James and Cameron, James Cameron directed the sequel? Oh, the sequel and uh, the Howling, which is a werewolf movie. Explorers, which was uh, River Phoenix, Ethan Hawke, and uh, who else is in that movie? Uh, it's a movie about these kids that make a spaceship. And um, Inner Space, which is that movie about uh, huh. the guy who gets injected into, uh, you know, Martin Short. <laughs> and it's actually, nice. I remember that being, I'm telling you, one day we're going to do Inner Space, and I think we're going to appreciate that one in a way that you probably aren't, that you we don't seem to be appreciating. Gremlins, don't The Burbs, which be. is this Tom. Oh, he did be, the Burbs. The Burbs, which is a subversive uh, satire of, of the suburbs, obviously. Uh, Gremlins to the New Batch. He did this movie called Matinee with John Goodman, where he plays a movie, uh, a 50s movie producer, director guy, which is, you know, plays perfectly into what Joe Dante likes. Uh, he made this movie called Small Soldiers, which I actually saw in theaters. Oh, shoot. Okay, he that, small makes sense, small soldiers, that makes total one. sense. Because I was watching this, I'm like, this reminds me of Small Soldiers. Right. Yeah. Small and Soldiers then, uh, was supposed okay. to be a kid's movie, and it wasn't really a kid's movie, right? No, yeah. no, no, yeah. He's, it was he, similar, right? It was like Toy Story meets Gremlins. Well, I mean, it's, it's 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 oddly dark. Yeah. Because, and also the, the soldiers in it are like these brutal that are killing these other creatures. It's it's pretty nuts. Um, the so last ju- big movie he did was Looney Tunes Back in Action, which was a... Sequel to the Michael Jordan live-action Looney Tunes movie. So clearly, Space, Space Jam. Jam? <laughs> Space Jam. I think. Oh man, I we think got that's a, what it was. Why have we not done Space let me, let me Jam on, on the show? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. No, didn't we? We didn't do Space uh, Jam. Never actually we haven't Space done Space Jam yet. I've never actually seen that all the way huh. through. Um, but yeah, you know, <sighs> I, you you could let your daughters watch it because you know it's Looney Tunes. Oh, and he also directed one of the segments of the Twilight Zone movie, which was which know, one? Uh, oh, the one with the little boy lost? No, the no, the one where the mother uh, becomes friends with this little psychic boy. Oh, okay, I remember that one. Um, one of the good ones, I would say. Um, so yeah, he's. I guess all those movies, I guess, make sense to me because they all very much feel. Like this weird tonal thing that he's after. He directed ten episodes of the new Hawaii Five O, so he seems like a more TV guy now. Oh, that's where all the money is nowadays. Oh, yeah. uh, um, not money. That's where most stuff is being made. MacGyver. He directed a, an episode of the new MacGyver. There's a new MacGyver apparently. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so I here's the thing. I don't like like. I don't want to say I don't like genre movies because I think that's a really all-encompassing phrase, but I don't get off on, like, like there is no, like, I don't like watching horror movies that are just, like, horror movies. Does that make sense? Like, I don't right. like that kind of thing. But if you do, do you think that you would get something out of Gremlins? Uh, maybe. I, I, I just, I I don't know, honestly. With, the, with this movie, I feel like it, 
I'm, I'm viewing it through these nostalgic goggles that I, I find it, you know, easy to accept criticism because I can see this is not that great of a movie. But I, at the same time, I still I understand I still enjoy this movie. I don't, you know, watching Ace Ventura, the movie we talked about last time, there was, there was nothing in that movie that felt like, ah, like, oh, it's, it feels good to see Jim Carrey, like, sticking his face in, in, in a fish tank, you know, or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, like, walking out of a bathroom as if he fell into a pile of shit. I mean, there was nothing in me that, like, made me feel, like, comforted. Like, Gremlins, you know, is, is dark, and I, I understand all the criticisms of it. It's, it's hard to say who this movie's for. But at the same time, there's something comforting just about, at, at the very do least, you, the visuals. Do you get that same kind of comfort when you watch something that is made now, but attempting to appeal to that? Like when you no, watch Stranger, not. when you watch Stranger Things, do you get that same kind uh, of? Oh, I enjoy, enjoy Stranger Things on a different level. Obviously, the acting in Stranger Things is much better than the acting in Gremlins. I would say. Well, I don't. I mean, it's just. Um, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I guess my point is. It's like, tra- it's like Quentin Tarantino, for instance. You know, he would he would take these B movies that that honestly weren't very good. He but he had an an, uh, an, affinity. an affection for them, an affinity for them, and he would uh, you know put act, like really good actors and really good writing, and you know take those those uh, elements and and put them into uh, you know much more clever context. And uh, I think maybe Stranger Things is doing that with some of the uh, the eighty stuff that we're that we've talked about on the show. So um, it's basically though I feel like Dave, I'm, I I could give you a VHS. Sure. That it was a compilation of toy commercials from the eighties, and you would watch it enraptured for like an hour and a half, right? <laughs> not, I don't know, probably not. <laughs> Honestly, I mean I know I would. If someone handed me like a ninety-four toy toy commercial reel, I'd be like, I remember that, I remember that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Gremlins holds up as a movie. Yeah, not I'm really. just—I guess I'm just largely cons- I'm, can. I'm maybe someone who's listening to this can respond to this. Does the movie like have cultural significance in the sense that like people re- do people remember Gremlins fondly, and we're all just like warped because we haven't watched it in like. Hmm. 15 I would years. say this. You would compare this to something like Goonies, which we did on the show. I mean, it's it's you know Goonies is not that good of a movie, and I remember enjoying that when uh, I was a kid, and and. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's any better or worse than Gremlins, honestly. I mean, uh, I think you know, Goonies it, is it, a little it, bit more it, interesting it, it, because it, there's like the characters are at least not wet blankets. Right. True. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what else to say. I mean, I remember I, my memory of watching Goonies was, uh, you know, I, I remember enjoying that as a kid and thinking, well, it's not that great. So I don't know. There's a lot of screaming in Goonies. <laughs> there's a lot of screaming. Yeah, you're right. I remember that. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts on Gremlins before we uh, put this one to bed? Yeah. Mike. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Looking good. All um, right. Well, yeah. uh, there you go. Merry Christmas. <laughs> happy Hanukkah, which is now over. Yeah. Um, yeah. We happy made it through 2017. We're we alive. I think. We did. Barely. I mean, assuming uh, we're alive still tomorrow. When this comes um, yeah. Mike, do you know what movie we're doing next? What are we doing? I don't know. What are we doing? Oh boy. And with that enthusiastic, uh, <laughs> you guys wanted to do High Fidelity. I feel like are we gonna have another Gremlins if I watch High Fidelity? Like I could use a good movie for once. Like we, we, we we're, we're, on, we're on the tail of <laughs> High Fidelity is definitely a good. movie. I think movie. High Fidelity is actually like a movie. Yes, a Gremlins is not really a movie in my. Uh, head. Yeah, well. All right, because yeah, Ace Ventura, <laughs> Gremlins, and like my brain is half rotten. Are we gonna do something for real now? Like, oh come on. This is so much better than Ace Ventura. Right, well, uh, the uh, High Fidelity is based on uh, a book by um, Nick Hornby, who's a very good writer. Mm. So, I mean, there, there's good stuff there. Yeah. Nice. All right. We're doing it, Mike. All right. 
High Fidelity mm-hmm. will be our next film. We'll probably be doing that uh, after the new year. Uh, and then when we hit 100 episodes, we can finally end this uh, the podcast and move on with our lives. <laughs> uh, Everyone else can do the same. Why the arbitrary 100 number? Why not because like 100 100 is a good even number. Makes well, sense. Why not 200? Oh, boy. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I most likely will be dead by the time we get to 200. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm going to make it that long. That, that so long, that so. would be like four years from now? You're yeah. Gonna, <laughs> you're I don't think I'm going to make it. I, I don't think I'm going to make it past 36. I don't know. It's just too much 36 is a rough sad. year. It's very yeah. sad. Yeah. Um, Dave, where uh, can people find you on the internet? On Twitter, Dave Glanz, G-L-A-N-Z, and DaveGlanzProductions.com. Mike, what about you? Find me on Twitter at Mike Morandi or on Instagram. More easily accessible on Instagram at Mike Morandi or MikeMorandi.com. You can find me at, excuse me, you can find me at Lucky9Studios.com. I write and edit for the website shortoftheweek.com and uh, my Twitter is at Ivan Kander, K-A-N-D-E-R. Um, so until uh, next time, we are going to be, uh, until, well, until next time, Merry <laughs> Christmas. I don't know where I was going with that. Merry Christmas. Christmas is over, everybody. Yeah, we can finally we can say it finally again. Say it. Merry Christmas, guys, from a Jew. <laughs> uh, we'll see you in 2018. Yeah.